Hi, and welcome to Soul Powerful Parables, stories of rhyme, reason, and God's truth. I'm your host, Dana Buck. Thanks for listening. And if you like the story, please consider subscribing and give us a five-star rating where you enjoy your podcasts. It really helps us. We'd also love to hear from you, so contact us on Facebook at Soul Powerful Parables. Now, settle in, and let's have a story. The Badger and the Boy, a So Powerful Parable by Dana Buck. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only He will release my feet from the snare. Psalm 25, verse 15. Sometimes God delivers us from pain, and sometimes He holds us through it. Can we see His loving hands in our most difficult times? The Badger and the Boy, a So Powerful Parable by Dana Buck. The blowing leaves of autumn like antique and dried confetti pronounce the summer's waning and the winter's getting ready. The sun hung low and shining through now empty branch and limb must yield its prime position to a brisk, persistent wind. Within this resting forest, like a vein of barren turf, a pathway winds and wanders through uncultivated earth. Twisting through the landscape to a meadow just beyond, this trail will find its finish at the country fishing pond. And with that destination anchored firmly in his mind, a boy walks down the dusty path with sapling pole and twine. His chafing shoes feel foreign where the tread and trail meet, for he's just closed out a summer of perpetual bare feet. Blue overalls are fastened top a shirt of homespun wool. The can of fresh dug worms he carries on a string is full. And jammed in his back pocket, flapping with each striding lurch, a burlap sack he hopes to fill with sunfish, carp, and perch. No nagging cares envelop him, no worried thoughts are born as he ambles to the fishing hole this crisp October morn. But peace is soon a fleeting thing, repose just out of reach, for he's walking towards adventure that for us has much to teach. A sound grabs his attention somewhere off amongst the trees. A mournful, wounded, primal cry is carried on the breeze. Hesitant, he thinks of tales his grandpa used to tell, of trolls down at the bottom of a long abandoned well calling from the darkness, grim beseeching from the din, and all the while just waiting for a chance to pull you in. He makes a nervous laugh as if to banish and ignore. He almost feels it working, then hears that sound once more. Suddenly, the fishing doesn't seem so necessary. It's far too cold and windy, and let's face it, it's too scary. He stops dead in his tracks and makes a turn to quickly leave, when his conscience ups and grabs him like a tug upon the sleeve. What if there's trouble, someone hurt beyond the trail, a hunter may be injured out for partridges or quail? 
To take off without looking, run for home and blindly scat? If something bad has happened, I just couldn't live with that. So, in spite of his unease, he resolutely turns around and slowly starts to walk in the direction of the sound. Pushing through the underbrush, he hears that cry once more, but now it's quite distinct and so much closer than before. Marching ever forward on his rough and tumble course, he finally tracks the eerie, mournful wailing to its source. It's not a wounded hunter, not a specter or a ghost, just a young and frightened badger huddled by a wooden post. The boy unloads his jitters, deeply sighs in his relief, thankful that this side trip from his fishing will be brief. He claps his hands together, loudly hollers out, Now shoo! But the badger doesn't scamper, seems uncertain what to do. Perhaps you've lost your mother, he now interjects with care. It's then he sees the coils of the cruel wire snare. Fastened on the wooden post, it dangles to the ground, leading underneath the badger where it's tightly wound. The creature moves abruptly, gives escape a noble try, but it only ends in failure and another painful cry. The boy is torn by pity as he speaks. He seems to beg, sit still now, let me help you get that wire off your leg. He moved forward toward the badger, who appeared subdued and calm, but its fright was overwhelming, and it nipped the offered palm. The boy recoiled convulsively, his hand a bleeding mess. He tucked it quickly up between his forearm and his chest. You'd think the boy would just give up, retreat, and let it be, but deeply set compassion drove his will to set it free. He knelt beside the badger, just beyond where it could reach. In soothing, reassuring tones, he made this little speech. I know that you were frightened for your safety and your health. You're twisted and entangled, and you cannot free yourself. I'm sorry, for I know my presence causes you alarm, and you cannot comprehend that I don't mean you any harm. But there isn't any magic trick, illusion, sleight of hand, that I can use to free you or to make you understand. So it's going to be a struggle. He felt tears begin to fall. But one thing I can promise, I'll be with you through it all. Reaching then behind him to his pocket in the back, he brought his hands together, holding tight the burlap sack. And as the little badger tried to move his shackled limb, lunging with the sack, the boy came down on top of him. Enveloping the animal beneath the sturdy bag, he slid the badger slightly and the wire began to sag. Pressing with his weight, he wrestled strongly for control, desperate to secure the leg connected to the pole. The badger, blind and fearful, couldn't vary its behavior, and so it battled, cried, resisted, fought its would-be savior. The contest was titanic. Sounds of chaos filled the air. At last, the boy, he found the loop embedded in the snare. And with a quick commanding jerk, he opened up the noose, then rolled away triumphant, and the badger now was loose. Both just laid there, stunned and spent, upon the leaves and clay. 
Then the badger, now set free, got up and moved away. The boy remained and, watching, saw the badger tend its leg, a scar that would remind it of the risks of wire and peg. The little creature finally left. The boy rose strong and straight, picked up his sack, his line and pole, his can of fishing bait. Reaching down, he pulled the post and wire from the ground. He buried them quite deeply where they never will be found. He wandered till he reached the path and started walking home. A satisfied and joyful peace was his and his alone. And what for us is there to glean, to harvest from this tale? A truth we can depend on or a precept that won't fail? I think that God would have us know and patiently suggest that when we're snared, we yield to the one who loves us best. So when the hands of rescue seem to buffet or to chafe, just stop the fruitless struggle and put your effort towards your faith. And know you have a savior, the only one you'll ever need. For anyone that Christ has freed is truly free indeed. When I was young, three or four years old, I cut my head badly and had to go to the emergency room. The doctor asked my father to hold me tightly while he cleaned and stitched the wound. Later, as an adult, my dad told me how hard that day was for him. There I was, looking at him, screaming and crying and unable to understand that he was acting to help me and not hurt me. It makes me think about the times that God the Father has been in that same position with me. Loving me enough to allow something to hurt me in the moment, knowing it will bring about a greater healing and wholeness in my life. James 1 verse 2 tells us to consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God is our rescuer and redeemer, but sometimes that rescue may involve him simply holding us through the pain, enabling the discovery of a greater truth or freedom we couldn't have come to in any other way. Like a good father, this is an act of love, enduring the complaining, resisting, and crying of the child he loves for a higher, better purpose. Lord, may we learn to recognize your gentle hands, especially in circumstances that may be painful. Help us to yield to you as you love us through the pain and bring about good things in us and through us. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. The Badger and the Boy was written and narrated by Dana Buck. Devotional thoughts were narrated by Kim Pratt, and this episode was produced by Beneath Blue Skies Productions. So Powerful Parables is a ministry of So Powerful, 
a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering women and girls and combating extreme poverty in the African country of Zambia. To find out more, visit our website at soulpowerful.org. Also, check out our books, So Powerful Parables and We Are So Powerful, both available on Amazon. All proceeds from the sale of these books go to support the work of our ministry. And finally, check out our other podcast, The So Powerful Podcast, featuring interviews with those who have been touched by this special organization. Until next time, may your life always be filled with beautiful rhymes. <laughs>